And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Happy Friday. Good morning, Lena. We've made it through yet another week. Yet another week. Another one bites the dust. It was a tough, uh, I've got to say, work week with headlines amounting to, well, casualties that have way surpassed our most recent earthquake in memory. What happened in Japan It is pretty fresh in our memories, but it can't even mm. compare to that. So I guess that's where we have to start with updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first keyword of the day is related to, of course, the earthquake in Turkey. Yoon mourns victims. So President Yoon has visited the Turkish embassy in Seoul to offer his condolences over the victims of this week's devastating earthquake. What was said, uh, we saw the handshake. They've held hands for a really long time. It seemed that, you know, the tone was rather somber. It was rather somber. Uh, While there, he uh, reaffirmed his readiness to help the Turkish people in uh, every way possible. And he also pledged even more rescue workers uh, from South Korea. There is a team on the ground at the moment and he pledged to send more uh, since the arrival the korean rescue workers have actually pulled uh, at least five survivors from the rubble in antakya in the turkey's southernmost region where about 100 koreans are believed to be residing but uh, no korean casualties have actually been reported uh, so far you also reportedly asked the ambassador um, to convey his words of encouragement to the turkish president recep tayyip erdogan uh, in response, Turkish ambassador to Seoul, Murat Tama, expressed uh, his gratitude. He said Turkey could feel the brotherhood between the two countries. Um, meanwhile, Yoon's office said it had chipped in donations to the Korean Red Cross uh, for relief efforts, but didn't elaborate on those details. Uh, meanwhile, the government was reportedly gathering input on how to extend assistance to Syria as well, since the two countries have yet to establish dim- uh, diplomatic relations mm-hmm. and discussions are reportedly taking place on the matter. All right. Uh, what's the latest in terms of uh, casualties, death toll and the rescue efforts still ongoing? Because even 72 mm-hmm. hours into it, we were still seeing people being rescued from the rubbles. Right. That is that critical time, isn't it? Those 72 hours, the golden time as uh, it's mm-hmm. being put uh, and the casualty numbers, death tolls uh, continue to spike. Unfortunately, the death toll passes 20,000 uh, in both Turkey and Syria uh, as the rescue efforts enter the fourth night. Uh, and they will rise in the coming days. Rescuers managed to pull more uh, survivors, though, from beneath the rubble of collapsed buildings. But hopes are starting to fade of finding more people alive because we are past this golden time of 72 hours. Um, experts said the survival window for those trapped uh, under the rubble or otherwise uh, unable to obtain basic necessities was closely, uh, closing rapidly. Um, but at the same time, they said it was too soon to abandon hope. So uh, we could see uh, some more survivors being pulled out. Uh, now, the scale of destru- uh, destruction from the quake and its powerful aftershocks is actually so immense and spread over such a wide area that many people uh, were still awaiting help, um, which is, of course, uh, dampening hopes and uh, faith even more. Uh, cold weather conditions are still hampering the rescue efforts as well. Uh, the country has, both countries, um, well, Turkey for one, has 
Matt has been getting uh, lots of snow in this uh, time of, of, of year, unusually. Uh, the first UN aid trucks to enter rebel-held northwest Syria uh, from Turkey since the quake uh, arrived Thursday morning as well. Um, but smaller aid organizations have sent in shipments, but the UN is only authorized to deliver aid through one border crossing, mm. and road damage has prevented that thus far. So we are getting those first aid trucks into Syria at the moment, so it seems like their path has been cleared somewhat, but of course it will be limited because that is the only route for, mm. um, for aid to get there, which in Syria the devastation has been somewhat worse than in right. Turkey. Right. I mean, uh, it, was there enough rescue response in Syria? And the short answer is no. Uh, humanitarian aid that has been stocked up. If there's only one road to get it into the country, you can only imagine yeah. a difficulty. Even that road was compromised, as you said, with buildings mm. sort of, you know, uh, overflowing mm-hmm. into a restricted area. Okay, uh, we'll keep tabs on what's been happening in Turkey and Syria. With that, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Slower growth. So the Korea Development Institute has lowered its growth outlook for the first half of the year amid rising inflation. Can you tell us the details of the latest report? Yes, unfortunately, yet more gloomy news <laughs> of the economy. Uh, hopefully, we can have some sort of a bright spot in the future. But as for now, we are in kind of a recession at the moment. Uh, the think tanks uh, cuts its economic growth forecast for the first half to 1.1%, which is down from 1.4% seen in November. That is less than half the five-year average of 2.3% growth for the comparable period. And now the KDI cited a slowing private consumption, and it also said the rising cost of living is likely to hurt Korea's economy much more significantly uh, in the first half than previously thought. Still, it kept the 1.8% growth forecast for the entire year, citing an accelerating recovery of the Chinese economy mm. as the driving factor. However, it did acknowledge huge uncertainty over the economic prospects in that country as well. Uh, the, KDI, the KDI excuse me, mm. estimated uh, Korea's annual inflation, uh, meanwhile, at 3.5%, which is up 0.3% points from the previous estimate. So, Again, no, um, nothing, uh, no prospect of inflation dying down for the time being. Uh, now, investment banks are also remaining pessimistic about Korea's uh, economic outlook for this year, given weak exports as well. They forecast Korea to grow 1.1% um, this year. Domestic forecasts do tend to be higher. Uh, and international organizations have also uh, forecast slightly higher ones than these investment banks. The Korean government, for one, is looking for 1.6% growth. The Bank of Korea and the IMF uh, are estimating one7 but they're all still under that 2% growth mark, which mm. uh, for the first half of the year anyway, things are still going to be tough, unfortunately. All right, let's move on uh, to our third keyword of the day. Energy support. Tough economic times, high energy prices, we should cover the most vulnerable groups. Now, with heating bills particularly continuing to burden consumers, the government is expanding its financial support to that very vulnerable group. What, what's the latest? Right. It's expanding uh, support to more groups, uh, in fact. And government data showed that monthly gas rates surged more than 30% last uh, month on year. So it just goes to show how much 
these heating bills and utility bills are spiking. Now, the hardest hit are those in these lower income brackets, yes, and those in these old apartment buildings, but also um, different apartments in different areas have different heating systems, and that's where bills can also vary according yeah, to right. region and apartment buildings as well. It's a very complicated uh, <laughs> system. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but basically, more people are getting more expensive bills than others, uh, relatively speaking. So that's why the government is kind of trying to expand the support measures to fit in with those kind of comparable and relatively differing uh, spike in mm. heating bills. Um, this time around, some 84,000 vulnerable households using district heating will be getting up to uh, 592,000 to one each in financial support for the winter months. Uh, the government had announced that all households that earn 50% or less than the median average household income can receive that amount in discounts on their heating bills through March. That means basically that families that earn um, less than or less than 2.3 million one a month will thus receive the discounts. Previously, only the lowest income families received uh, additional energy vouchers and these subsidies. Uh, the latest measure was announced after uh, President Yoon actually ordered the government to expand heating bill subsidies to middle income families, not just the lower income bracket. Mm -hmm. And he had also approved the allocation of 100 billion won uh, from an emergency reserve budget to help fund uh, the heating subsidies. Um, so we could see uh, some more subsidies being announced uh, as well. But so far, it has gone through a number of expansions. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, getting a closer look at North Korea's military parade. This is our fourth keyword. New ICBM. So North Korea's unveiled apparently a new solid-fueled ICBM during the regime's re recent military parade as this is where they flex their muscles. This was expected, but we're getting more details. Can you tell us more? We certainly are. A lot of eyes was on uh, this. We're on these this uh, military parades, mm. especially from South Korea, the U.S. Uh, now more than a dozen uh, long-range uh, missiles and ICBMs were shown at Wednesday's parade, which has prompted concern. It was the largest display, actually, of ICBMs in the North's history of military parades. Uh, a number of analysts say they could potentially challenge the U.S.'s defense system if each missile carried multiple warheads. Uh, North Korea's media did not provide detail, but said such an arsenal demonstrated the country's uh, mighty war deterrence and counterattack capabilities. Uh, some North Korean analysts said the display also included a new ICBM launcher, which appeared to be designed to accommodate a solid fuel missile. Now, solid fuel missiles can be launched more quickly than liquid fuel missiles, which are hard to uh, defend against. Uh, however, Kim's regime has never successfully tested long-range solid fuel missiles. So uh, analysts said that images released by state media showed at least five transport erector launchers carrying large missile canisters for the solid fuel ICBM. So the actual missiles themselves were not displayed. Now, we often see North Korea kind of exaggerate its uh, mis missile and development capabilities. So whether it's the same uh, exaggeration this time remains to be seen. But it was certainly, um, there was speculation that a new solid fuel ICBM was being developed or had been developed mm. and was put on display. But uh, that is, of course, an area of concern and a lot of eyes will be on that. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Kim Jong-un was seen at the midnight parade with his young daughter uh, elevated mm. to his side. We can see the photo of him and his wife and daughter mm. with the military chiefs behind him. 
with the daughter taking uh, the center seat, which is usually reserved for the North Korean leader. So uh, her name is Kim Joo-en. Her appearance kind of fuels speculation that she's being positioned as possibly a successor, but that is just speculation for the time being. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to see what the experts say. Uh, but I mean, her appearances have become more frequent. This is, I believe, yes. officially the fourth time she was photographed. So we'll have to see yeah. what that indicates. Um, in the meantime, experts will do back and forth trying to analyze what this indicates for mm. North Korea's regime. Let's move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Strategic command. So South Korea has provided more details about its envisioned strategic command and what the command will be tasked with. It seems to be a pretty uh, massive uh, mm. uh, a task force, it seems, uh, mm. trying to tackle all things related to North Korea. Right. So this is basically in line with the ever-increasing, of course, missile threats and uh, tests at that, uh, the record number of tests that it had been conducting. So that's why the UN administration... Uh, wants to kind of expand along with it so that it uh, is able to counter the kind of the sheer scale of North Korea's threats at the moment. Uh, Defense Ministry official Liu Mu Bong told a security forum that the command is designed to take charge of the space and cybersecurity units mm -hmm. as well as those operating F-35 jets and submarines. So basically a very wide-ranging uh, number of areas of the military. Uh, he added that the command will be in charge of missions overseeing operations of the three-axis system against the enemy's uh, nuclear and missile threats, uh, the enemy referring to North Korea in this case, uh, possibly, and he highlighted the need to improve cyberspace and electromagnetic capabilities as well, which can be used to neutralize threats from hostile missiles even before they launch. Uh, the creation of the strategic command was included in the UN administration's uh, national agenda, agenda that was devised last May, if you remember. Uh, and the military seeks to come up with the plans next year and establish this strategic command by the year 2024, which is next year. Thank you very much, Adam, for a week's worth of coverage. Have a safe weekend. I'll see you next Monday. You're very welcome. Stay safe. See you uh, next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.